and welcome back. It is hot. It's hot. It's British summer. It should be hot. But should it be this hot? That's the question. Do you know where else it's hot? It's hot on at, at HTO Football as ever. We're looking at the biggest transfers of the summer. But again, caveat, we're looking at the biggest transfers of the summer in the Premier League from 2010 to 2015. That's right. We're delving into a bit of nostalgia, looking at the biggest, best Premier League transfers of all time. We're going to culminate the series talking about this summer and the biggest transfers ahead of the new season. I am, as ever, joined by my co-host, Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Is the fan on? You you suffering? You got an ice lolly? I just had an idea, actually, we should change our Twitter handle over the weekend to HOT Football. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just maybe a little, little, need to get like a burning orange, an orange that's burning, not just a, an orange that's there. Um, but no, you're surviving, surviving the heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. All good, all good before the, it gets even hotter. So, um, yeah, 38, 40 degrees, that's a bit too warm. It's one of those strange ones. If you're obviously by a pool with a beverage in hand, sun shining, can have a dip every 20 minutes. Obviously, I think I'd happily sit in 45 degree heat. But when uh, when you're trying mm. to go on, jump on a tube or whatever it is to work or whatever, it's a bit different. Um, but we're looking at the hottest transfers of all time in the Premier League, 2010. What names are screaming as hot? Well, yeah, it, the heat is definitely relevant here with Man City's transfer window um, with two absolute monster signings and not, not necessarily monster fees. Um, but um, they go on to become club legends um, in Yaya Toure coming over from Barcelona, um, 27, 28 years of age, um, done all he did with Pep at the new Camp. And then um, David Silva as well, who comes over from Valencia. I think a few English clubs were looking at David Silva before he arrived at City, actually. And I know we were. Oh, I was going to say a very yeah. Arsenal-type player. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a few years before that when he was coming through. I mean, Wenger did like to do that. Then he spotted people when they were sort of 17, 18, and then yeah. they went on to be monsters. But um, yeah, it would be out of those two for me. I mean, Van der Vaart, Van der Vaart joined Spurs. I mean, what I was looking, that that sent me down a rabbit hole of Van der Vaart's Wikipedia page. And what if really for Van der Vaart? Yeah, he goes to Real Madrid. Goes to a lot of, play, lot, yeah. of, lot of teams, kind of meanders. And probably one of those players um, who has a good career and probably ends up with a few trophies. I've not done the rabbit hole that you've done. But... Um, there's, there's some careers that strike me as actually they play for great teams throughout their career and they win a few trophies but you still think what if you had settled somewhere and you know a team was built around you you yeah. could have been really something special yeah I mean we, we've spoken about this um, before many many a pub chat that you know there's a long list of players that go to Real Madrid a bit too early down the years and um, I can think of even people like a Robinho that came up in, yeah. in the previous pod, a Julio Baptista that was at Arsenal. Or even like an Anelka. You know, Anelka yeah. has a phenomenal career, scores in the Champions League final and, mm. you know, comes back to the Premier League and does good stuff at sort of Chelsea and stuff. But, like, you still think he didn't potentially fulfil his potential of being mm. the best striker in Europe or one of the best strikers in the world. He was mm. that good. But then his career ends up meandering because you probably go to that super club a bit too young. Mm. Um, back to 2010 and Premier League transfers have to agree with you again do you know what up until the last couple of years literally with sort of Grealish clearly and then a couple of other and Haaland now this year Man City actually never used to spend huge huge on an individual player it's not they hadn't you know like you, you see like the 80 million Pogba's the you know the 100 million Lukaku's Grealish aside they didn't used to do that Man City what they've got what they used to do is 
heavy 30s, 40s, 40s, 30s, 30s. And every summer you'd be dropping like three or four players in that 40 million region, which that that level of heavy spending year on year is, I think, what's mm. evident when we're doing this transfer review. And you're right, Yaya Torre probably stand out for me in respect of the way your changes his game as well. He used to play that very defensive role at Barca, often being deployed at centre-back or very defensive central midfield. Um, and yet it comes to Man City and he goes in on this marauding kind of role. And obviously he almost wins the title single-handedly in a couple of years later, doesn't he, when he has that magical season. Mm-hmm. Um, but David Silva, probably all-round impact, is probably the best there. I think it's the same year they bought by Balotelli as well, isn't it? Again, yeah, I didn't, yeah couldn't, I didn't make a note of him. No, it didn't. You know, didn't know, yeah, not the same level of quality, no. but again, another... 25 mm. plus million pound player that's just slapping down and, and buying. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a real tough one between Yaya and Silver, really. I think with we were talking off air that Silver probably does edge it. Um, but yeah, like like you alluded to a minute ago, like Yaya for for a couple of years at City was just frightening. I mean, I remember that I remember that running they had, I think it might have been their first title. I think it might have been where he scored that big goal at St. James's Park. Yeah, there's um, that. They, they I think it was one. the title the couple of years later in 14 where he just sort of dominated the league, didn't he? He scored yeah. like 18 goals. Well, he started, he started pinging top bins, didn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. Nice silly angles. It was, just it was like scary. It was scary. Yeah. I think you're right. David Silver across his Man yeah. City career magician and, and Premier League career, you know, you're talking about maybe with with Cesc, the, the best Spanish player that's ever played in the Premier League in terms of their impact on the on the, on the the league. Um, so he probably edges it. But yeah, Yaya for 18 months, absolutely unplayable. A couple of little spots also moved this this year. Uh, Newcastle find a little baller in Ben Arthur, two, 2.5 million. Again, we're talking off, uh, off air that Newcastle have this habit of randomly, if you look at them the last 30 years, and obviously I think they're going to be a force in the years to come, but particularly years they've not been a force in the last 20 years. They just stuck unearth a couple of ballers you know people like Kabai Ben Arthur these people are just like great footballers mm, yeah they, they um they're, they're a big club aren't they and I think every now and then that 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 does that, that will hold some weight in the transfer window and like like you said a minute ago we will do a pod probably in a couple of weeks time on this about the recapping of this window and how Newcastle need to sort of manage their money carefully if they're to if they're to how should we say catapult themselves to this to the top of the English game like City did in such a quick space of time. You mentioned on the last pod about it took around four years and Liverpool, um, Newcastle need to be careful that they do things properly. And they seem to be doing things properly. But yeah, Marcus Alonso. So I was just saying say Marcus Alonso also moving to 10. To Bolton. Yeah, Bolton this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously that one, yeah. issues in Spain, which we won't go into for yeah. proper reasons. But um, nonetheless, yeah, arrives on these shores and yeah. also comes out a good career at Chelsea. Still, still accumulating a lot of FPL points now, isn't he? Absolutely. Smashing it down. 2011, um, <clears throat> again, massive year for City. I'll, I'll let, let you cover a couple of the big signings they have. But a big summer around. Um, United get a new number one, proper number one for a while. And obviously still there between the sticks, David De Gea. Mm. Um, nice big move there, 20 million. Um, little shout out before you cover probably the number one here. Well, actually, uh, I also wanted to say, again, Arsenal hat on, Mikel Arteta, um, little, little cheeky £10 million move odd. Yeah, well, that, that was the um, that was the flurry, wasn't it, after the 8-2 defeat at Old Trafford where we'd we'd sold Fabregas and Nasri. We'd lost 8-2 at Old Trafford and it was like, what is going on here? And then they had a bit of a deadline day spree with Murtasaka came in, didn't he? Um, yeah, Benayoun, Benayoun, Arteta, <laughs> uh, Andre Santos. Um, so I yeah, remember, like, um, panic buying. Don't get me wrong, 
very thankful for what we did. But I almost think this summer was from that moment I was properly asking Wenger, I wanted him to go. Because I remember he came out of that quote saying, imagine the worst, and this is quote mm. verbatim, mm. imagine the worst case scenario, you lose um, Cesc Fabregas and Sami Nasri. You cannot pretend you are a big club um, mm. if you do that. And then literally two weeks later, two, three weeks later, we lost both of those players. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the sign that it was done. Time was up, you know, like um, yeah. uh, we just lost, obviously, I think 2011 at the time, we obviously lost the Carling Cup final and we to Birmingham. And then that summer happens. I think from that moment, I was done. I was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting. Um, so, yeah, we were, so Nasri obviously goes to Man City is one of their moves. Um 25 plus million or, or, or there or thereabouts. And um, probably not their biggest summer move, though, that, that summer. No, no. Um, a fella called Sergio Aguero comes over um, from Atleti. Never heard of him. Uh, for about £36 million pounds, um, and probably goes on to justify that transfer tag, oh, I'd yeah. say, just, just a shade. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there is there is a debate here, I think, with Jordan Henderson, which we were talking yep. a bit about earlier, because of many, the different reasons, really, in terms of his impact on a, on a football club and to completely surprise a lot of people really a lot of football fans like me who thought when they'd signed him from Sunderland that's kind of a level of you're you're, you're saying you are a top eight top ten club um but yeah he's still there now um Champions League winner Premier League winner take my hat off to him to be honest with you yeah, I always say it, don't I? You know, in terms of there's not been many Premier League winning captains, eight, nine of them in the history of the Premier League, and he's now one of them. And if you think, th- yeah, there's no two ways about it. Liverpool are, with Man United, one of the two biggest clubs in the UK, you know, um, in, in England, certainly. And and he is a cap- winning captain for them. And if you look at, obviously, the name that everyone's going to talk about is Steven Gerrard and the, and the career Steven Gerrard had and the player he was yet clearly he wasn't able to do that, never lifted the Premier League as famously so. And for Jordan Henderson to come and do that, the impact he has had um, puts him right in the conversation. I'm still going to shade towards Aguero, given the fact that if you ask any football fan to list the five best Premier League strikers of all time, Aguero gets 99% of those lists. If you ask Premier League fans to list the five best central midfielders of the Premier League, Jordan Henderson probably doesn't get in any of those lists. You know, if you think about your, your Roy Keane, your Stephen Gerrard, your Patrick Vieira, your Frank Lampards. Like, for work, for the impact Henderson's had, it's unbelievable, but he doesn't get in that list. Whereas Aguero is almost in, like I said, 99% of those lists. Mm. Uh, the, his goals to came ratio, as well as the goals tally in overall. And let's be honest, you know, we can't talk about Aguero and not talk about that moment. He holds one of the greatest Premier League moments of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got, you are synonymous with winning the title in that fashion, plus you're one of the best. So I think I do edge towards Aguero, but yeah, massive shout out to Jordan Henderson for, let's be honest, maximising his, his, mm. his talent. And I think a lot of Liverpool, Liverpool fans will sort of be shouting at the, at the not the TV screens because we're not we're not a visual podcast, but um, you, you know he's got a Champions League winners medal which Aguero never never uh, achieved. So I think to look at those two signings, the the level of excitement when Sergio Aguero comes over at what twenty three years of age from Atleti, the excitement behind that signing compared to when Henderson rocks up at Anfield. Yeah, when you look at the look when you look at it now, you just think well, hats off to him. But yeah, I, I think you can't you can't not pick Aguero here. Having said that, that speaks volumes to Henderson, really, that we're even having a discussion about it. You know, yeah, I think you're right. And he likes maximizing 
his career in such a way. I mean, like, you know, <clears throat> we were talking that some players don't maximise their careers for different reasons. You, you know, like you said, mentioned earlier, Van der Vaart, people like that sort of mooring, going to different clubs. Jordan Henderson, when he hangs up his boots, you know, you cannot talk about anything other than absolutely maximising his career and absolutely all and all, every little bit of talent. Oh, yeah, there won't be, there will be no regrets for that, for sure. No, 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 not, not at all. So, okay, Aguero there. Um, 2012 is a is a big summer as well, isn't it? Across oh, the, yeah. Across yeah, the Premier League. One. We've got another debate here, haven't we? I think the two names you're looking at should be probably what I'm looking at. You've got, obviously, Hazard coming over from Lille, who yeah. another, another player that Arsenal should have signed um, mm. for about £31 million. Obviously, hugely talented, scary for a couple of years. I mean, we, we've always said with Hazard that he was probably a player that would never really go on to fulfil that potential Having said that, he did for a couple of seasons. You just it's a shame that he couldn't he couldn't continue it. And I think that was maybe to do with his, with his sort of character, really, Hazard. Um and Van Persie, who sadly exits the Emirates um yeah. to win to win to win the title. And that, and that's what he did um in his first season at United, moves there for twenty seven million pounds. So I think that's the real debate. I mean, the only the only one I want to throw in here is another Jordan Henderson one, really, is Aspilaqueta. Uh, who, yeah, who moved to Chelsea for just about eight million, and and you know he's become a bit of a cult hero there. Captain, I thought you can say Oli Giroud. Yeah, um, <laughs> moved to Arsenal um, that summer. Um, no, I think you're right. It has to be between those two. Mm. Um, oh, it's just, it's a really difficult one because I feel like Van Persie for a couple of years, that last year at Arsenal, he carried us, um, and then he carries United this season, scoring thirty. I think it's thirty plus league goals. Um, certainly near enough, near enough, and he carries under the title clearly. Um, and it is worth mentioning that this this title is against the Man City money. It's against Chelsea still on that stage. It's against Hazard clearly. It's uh, it's Alex's last title, isn't it? It's Fergie's last title. Um, you know, for, for, as manager of Man United, so he, he carries them there. But it, I'm, lean, I'm, I'm leaning toward. I'm leaning. I can sense your. Uh indecisiveness like a little bit like mine really I, i'm gonna i'm gonna lean towards hazard because i think van percy was already superb yeah and 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 they were buying the ready-made art it was like they were just buying the finished product to win them the league so although yeah like it was a great signing and you know fantastic striker but Signing Hazard from Lille, who, you know, although he was talented and there was a lot of hype around him, he still had to come over and do it. And he and he and he did and he did beyond what we thought he would, would be able to do. So that's a very good point. You know, um Van Persie was already clearly in the Premier League, already a, a brilliant striker, one of the best strikers in Europe, and frankly had already carried Arsenal into a couple of campaigns in terms of being leading scorer, being the main man, being captain. Whereas Eden Hazard, you know, this this podcast is summarising the biggest, and you, you'd argue maybe Van Persie was the biggest signing that summer, but was it the best in terms of actually taking a bit of a gamble, albeit touted gamble, on Lille's Eden Hazard, and then going on and getting some player who's going to go on and be player of the year, mm. win two Premier League titles, which obviously Hazard only won, oh, sorry, um, Van Persie only won the one. Mm. And also, biggest and best, they go and get a big fee for him to go to Real Madrid as well. So whereas Van Persie, like you said, it was kind of like the finishing piece of the puzzle, but it wasn't uh, as a special coupe. Mm. It was just a big signing. Mm. Mm. 
All right, we'll have to, that's, that's how we'll leave it, because I think that's probably how we're going to have to leave it. Um, I think that's a fair judgment. Um, 2013, it's a bit some, it's a bit quieter, certainly, than the 2011-2012 summers across the league, I'd say. Yeah, they're, they're, um, this is the, the, the deadline day with Virgil, when, obviously, Twitter goes into meltdown um, over that transfer. Um and rightly so, that, that's a huge yeah, transfer. Yeah, it is. It is. So, I mean, it's a bit like the Van Persie thing we were just saying then. It's a massive transfer. Yeah. Does it go on and be one of the best Premier League signings of all time? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, but it's a huge transfer. £40 yeah. million. Pounds, £42 million pounds from Real Madrid to Arsenal. Huge. Yeah, when you when you look up, when I was looking back at Arsenal's business that summer, um, yeah, it was pretty dire, really, up until that point. So the fact they sneaked him over the line in the final moments really saved it, saved things for Arsenal fans because it was quite frustrating until that point. I mean, obviously he doesn't really, he's an enigma and he still doesn't, I wouldn't, I'm not sure that he lived up to what we were expecting. There were spells where he did. However, to sign one of the world's best playmakers from Real Madrid um, is an absolute, you know, absolute coup really. Looking back at that, it was it was it was found it quite mind-boggling. Looking back on it, really, on hindsight, that we were able to do that and pull it off. Yeah, it's a cra- it's a crazy signing. Um, arguably, again, not best, but one of the biggest in Arsenal's history mm. to to get that player on that world stage, having had the years of struggle that we had had um, prior mm. prior to the signing. Um, it's not like we suddenly leap and compete for league titles in the next two or three years, but we do go and end a trophy drought. Um, you know, mm. by winning a couple of FA Cups or three FA Cups in, in the space of four years. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's a massive signing. Um, it kept Fernand- us relevant, didn't he? I yeah. suppose, in the market. Fernandinho to City. Yeah, that would be my pick. Yeah, that would be it's, my pick. It's not. It's not. It's not insignificant money, is it? It's like late thirties, I think, something like mm. that for for Big essentially money. a central defensive midfielder. And you know. If you're talking 35, 45, 55, you know, all that big money you tend to think of as the sharp end of the pitch, mm. um, especially then, especially 10 years ago, uh, maybe less so these days with the, with the big transfers defenders go for. But at the time, central defensive midfielder to go for that money, relatively unknown as well. Um, established footballer, clearly and known, but not a superstar by any means. And that's not really the way the player he was. But what a stalwart for Manchester City going on to win massive titles. Interesting to note, though, as well, this summer was a couple of big exits, weren't there? There was the Bale exit to Real Madrid. Um, huge exit from the Premier League, clearly. Um, and then you've got Spurs scrambling around trying to spend the Bale money. And it's quite it's quite famous now how they basically spend it quite poorly. And rather than sort of replacing Bale, spent a lot of money on quite average players. So you've got Lamella came in, Soldado, Paulinho... Um, Chris Derrickson arrives though, very good player, obviously, clearly does very good things. Um, but there's a lot of money. You, you know, you're spreading out 80, 90 million pound bail money, wherever it was, yeah. on four or five players, and at least 80% of them don't work out. I'm not, I can't remember, um, but I, I think that transfer for bail was quite late in the window, if I can remember rightly. And that's probably why, you know, they were scrambling. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, um, but losing a 24 year old Gareth Bale, who was a monster and obviously for the next three or four years is one of the best players in the world, isn't he? Let's mm. be honest. And, and talking to Fanania, actually, it's all similar in a way sort of to, to Jordan Henderson in that in that way. You know, the impact he's had on that club and um and almost underrated really by mm. by a lot of fans. I, I think Fernandinho is is up there in with 
with that sort of yaya silver company bracket really it's just that he doesn't really he's not the glamour he hasn't got the glamour around him and he's such a hard-working humble player yeah. but actually when you look he's phenomenal really i mean obviously he's just has he signed an extension for a year no he's gone is he is he gone yeah so yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but he's probably well into his 30s now isn't he so you know what 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 a, what a pro what a top pro for that club and like yeah that would definitely be the 2013 pick for sure yeah end of an end of an era um man city there uh Wien as well i think was trusted any um mm, mm. but no, i think it, the Can't biggest transfer has got to be Ozil, but the best has got to be uh fernandinho that's got to be try to erase Willian from the uh, memory yeah, we don't like to talk about um, talk about that. So, and just looking at the, the 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 Chelsea business that summer as well. I mean, lots of players on the books going in and out, and um, end of low, you know, De Bruyne so, stuff, where De Bruyne yeah, loan and stuff. It's interesting you mentioned Chelsea at this point because when I was doing my little research for this episode, there's a Chelsea managed to. There are a lot of windows where they were like splashing the cash, but they also recouping it as well. So like whenever they would spend, whenever they'd spend. 100 120 million they'd just somehow get it back by like selling david louise for like 50 million and yeah. you know it's just so they were always they were always kind of breaking even really chelsea but famously letting some good players go in this sort of era oh, yeah. as well yeah. salah you know, de bruyne <laughs> salah de bruyne yeah. lukaku like how much money they spent lukaku and letting him go for mm. people letting him go for cheaper than buying him back at triple the price mm. it's just mm. it's a very strange uh yeah very strange world that they've got there yeah, there's um there's a a city player that we haven't mentioned yet, but um, I was looking at Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell went to City yeah. from Sunderland and no, from Everton, sorry. And I think Go he on goes to City yeah. and about a year and a half later, they just sell him to Sunderland. Like it's just yeah. like what, like that. That's a what if as well, isn't it? George Jack Rodwell, he was he had a lot of a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of ability. Um, but yeah, just sort of like yeah, I think Chelsea over for the ten year period from when the money comes to sort of like late teens and late two thousand teens. Um, the, a lot, so much activity. You know, they, there's always that talk about hundreds of players on loans. Mm. You know, top players coming in and out, vast sums of money, and lots of it kind of going under the radar, mm. almost like sort of conveyor belt of footballers. You know, revolving door of top footballers going both ways. You know, losing some big names, but obviously gaining some big names and some trophies along the way. And uh, managers, straight, <laughs> yeah, and managers. You, you, you know, if you did a documentary on that 10, 15 year period at Chelsea. I think that's modern football in uh, under the microcosm. Oh yeah, I mean Amazon Prime that would be that would be gripping, wouldn't it? Yeah, and uh, do you know what? I bet one's in the works now, especially with Roman and obviously having the assets seized and having to force to sell Chelsea. Uh, you know it, that a deep dive on the uh, the both the honest and the dodgy dealings of Chelsea football over the last fifteen years would be a very interesting documentary. Um, but so we'll, we'll go for the Fernandinho there as the, mm. as the best signing, absolutely. Two thousand fourteen rolls round. Some big names here as well moving. Yeah, massive. Another. This is interesting, isn't it? The first time in this series where it's no, it's now relentless. Yeah, isn't it? We 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 we've had gaps. We've had the odd quiet window. We spoke about the one at the end of the last one. I think two thousand nine was a little bit quiet. But all of us like now we're we're you know we're we're splashing. We're splashing year we're splashing on across year. the across the league as well. Yeah. So I think what you've you you're right saying there's been quiet windows gone by, but there was always one club kind of propping up the window. Chelsea early, then now Man City. So like even even in today's pod, that 2010 window is very quiet, apart from the Man City activity of Yar and, and David Silver and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the rest of the league is quiet. Whereas now, you come to 2014, just three or four years later, and people are relentlessly splashing up and down the league. Yeah, we. Well, the, 
the world's eyes were on La Liga, weren't they? Really during that Pep Pep um, time with Messi and the, the battles with Real Madrid, Mourinho was there, and um, I, I think I think when well that was a bit later maybe with Mourinho, but I think we're now in the Premier League era of what we know it now. You know, the the, the two the sort of two thousand fourteen onwards. It's um. It's, it's the Premier League wrestling back, the monster, yeah. you know, wrestling back the the title of the biggest and best league, and mm. and it, I'm not saying it happens overnight. It's not like from 2015, absolutely was. It takes another two or three years, but from this moment forward, there's huge signings and huge money in the game every single summer, and I think that's what we arrive at in 2022 as this behemoth, huge global, um, you know, conglomerate almost entity where actually. There's far more money in the Premier League swilling about than than maybe two or three of the other big leagues put together. To mm, with you. Mm. I, I think um, I think this summer there there's only one clear winner. Although you've probably got some fairly decent runners ups. Um, it's got to be Sadio Mane from Salzburg. I mean, twenty million to Southampton. I mean, like what? A, yeah, I mean it, it, it could be that. I mean there are other big ones. Aren't there are there? Bit, that's what I mean. There are there are, there are some huge ones that are bigger. I think like when you Alexis Diego Costa, but. I was going to say Diego Costa though is is for me quite is almost close because it again gets Chelsea title over the line in a couple of years' time. Mm. Uh, well, actually straight away I think it was fifteen years they win the title, don't they? Um, getting Cesc as well that's a big summer for Chelsea. Mm. Um, obviously Arsenal had first refusal on um, Cesc. Cesc wanted to come back and obviously we Wenger slams the door because we have Ozil. Mm. It's interesting. I don't think many Arsenal fans would agree with that um, in mm. hindsight now, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Mm. But then Chelsea go and get Fabregas and Costa. And the irony is it's that combination which carries mm. them to the title. They, they do. They work so well together, don't they? They, they get like eight, nine assists and goals together in that league that year. Mm. Other huge, huge transfers that summer. I'm not saying best. Uh, Di Maria, I think, goes to United, doesn't he? Yeah. 70 plus, yeah. 68 million massive, or whatever it was. Money. Didn't even make my list. It's... 65 million doesn't, yeah. make, doesn't make the list. Alexis coming to Arsenal as well is a huge one. 2014 is the end of Arsenal trophy drought. Uh, win the FA Cup at the end of that campaign. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, big summers all round. I think Mane, in terms of impact, you're probably right. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe I'm reflecting on this. Maybe Mane to Liverpool. It's probably the one I would, I would, I would be more, you know, confident behind. Maybe this is. Maybe for me, I'm really, I early. really struggled for 2014 to pick a best transfer, just because mm. the volume of really good, strong players moving. Mm. Um, I was probably leaning to Costa just because against that in, immediate impact thing, and I, I won't say unknown because obviously he's coming from Atleti, and we, you know. Interesting, we discussed the growth from Atleti, and obviously had your the Torres years, but years gone by. But um, you know, it's certainly not flavor of the month, not necessarily that huge public profile that some strikers have. Yeah. Diego Costa arrives and does some great things, and um, but yeah, I think you can, I struggle to argue with Mane, but equally, I just don't think there's a clear winner here. Yeah, I think there's. We we, we said this a couple of pods ago about the the, the main issue I've been wrestling with this whole series is do you do you go for people like Amane to to Southampton or Van Persie to Arsenal from Feyenoord for example but or are you going for like your big you know your Shevchenko your Alexis you know Ozil are you going for that type of it's a it's a a hard one because Mane Mane comes over from Salzburg as a real raw diamond 
goes to Southampton, has an impact. Liverpool like the look of him. They sign him and then he becomes a Premier League legend. So it's a tricky one. Tricky one. I mean, there's another one. I want to throw out. I have a business I want to throw out this summer. Yeah. Um, Samuel Eto'o going to Everton. Yeah. Chelsea. But you know, on those transfers, you can't even remember happening. Yeah, that's a cool one, isn't it? Eto'o played for Everton. But I want to pull out whole city. Oh, that, that was you're, you're, you're stealing my thunder here. Stealing thunder. Whole City making two signings this summer mm. from Dundee and Sheffield United mm. for a combined five million ish, mm. uh, combined five million of Harry Maguire and Andrew Robertson. Mm. Now, obviously, those two players go on and become massive players for two huge clubs, the biggest clubs in England. Um, but Whole had them first. Hull Adam first, do you know what I mean? Like Andrew Robertson and, and Harry Maguire. Um, Two million Harry Maguire. I mean, if, you, if you're going for really boring, just financial side of things here and numbers, he goes to he goes to Hull for two million. And United sign him for eighty. Right. Yeah, I mean, he goes less in between. Of he? course, but as in, like, yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. Of his oh yeah, career, just the like, growth. Yeah, in terms yeah. of the growth, it's it's, it's yeah, his it's development. Scary. Like, yeah, it's scary. Um, and I think that Hull must be kicking themselves for missing out on the bigger fee for Robbo. As well, what does what do what, I can't remember, but Liverpool get him later. 16, something like that. I think it was more like eight nine. Do you know, what I, mean? I think it's like ten. I think it's single digits, maybe maybe double figures, yeah, but it's not a lot. It's certainly not yeah, a lot. Maybe, and, maybe it was less than that actually. Yeah, and like, and it's just um, yeah, it's you know, you miss out now. You think now if Robbo was in the market, I mean, he's getting on a little bit now. Um, mm. but if Robbo was in the market now, be going for 40, 50 million, wouldn't he? You know, as a, as a at least. Um, just because the market, um, if anything, mm. nothing else. So, um, big summer for Hull, getting Ben Arthur from, on loan from Newcastle. Yeah, eight big, million. Big summer. Eight million to Liverpool. Yeah, phenomenal business from Liverpool. Absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, no change for fifty plus million now. If he if he goes um, plus, actually, you know, it's crazy, crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. So I like Mane. I like Costa that summer. Alexis is a massive transfer as well from Barcelona to Arsenal. Can't no way. Di Maria. 65, 70 million huge transfers. What I would say though, this is a summer of huge transfers rather than little buys for the big teams. Um, mm. I, I'll lean towards a, a Costa Stroke, Robo mm. Maguire, Coop from Pole, just because I want to throw that out there. Mm. Not sure. I think I'm going to sit on the fence. I think I'm going to sit on the fence. Yeah. Sit on the fence until we do our summary because. 2015, we're going to wrap up with 2015, is another absolute monster of a summer. I, I, I honestly, the quality of footballers that move this summer, um, should, we, should we, let's start with the big boy of money. Uh, Man City dropping a lot of money this summer on two household names. One of them has just moved again this summer, clearly, but KDB and Raheem Sterling finding their way to Manchester City this summer. Mm. 68 mil for De Bruyne, 57 for Sterling. Um, yeah, I mean... And and by the way, we're saying those two names because I don't think there are either of our picks for this summer. That's how big a summer we're talking about because you could argue that Kevin De Bruyne is top five Premier League players ever in terms of ability and just in, like all-around quality. Um, he'll certainly be there come the end of his career you'd think that's how good Kevin De Bruyne is and yet I think there were better buys this summer yeah, just this, the... this series isn't 
it's the best, isn't it? It's not the biggest, you know? Yeah. And, it, you know, it's the best buys. And the best buy doesn't necessarily just mean the best player, but also the, 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 the cheapest, the coops that you got. Maybe you stole it from a rival. Maybe you got the player on the cheap. or Maybe they're an unknown entity. A bit like the Van Persie Hazard oh, yeah, like earlier. The, you know, like Kante to Leicester this summer. Yeah. So for me, I'm picking Kante this summer. Kante to Leicester. Leicester go on and win the league. And I don't think... And I know everyone knows that Leicester can't win the league, but I still don't believe people give that enough credit. Leicester City won the Premier League. Well, like, times just sort of move on, I suppose, don't we? We, we sort of just forget about it. Don't but you we? Think we, I think I feel like the football world forgot about it far too quickly, and I know it's six years ago now, but I feel like there was a season of oh my god, that's amazing, and then people kind of forgot it by 2018. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, guys, Leicester City won the league. Like it, it's scary what they did though. But if you think that they were avoiding relegation the season before the, the, and they go on and win the league and they win the league probably don't get me wrong it's a massive team effort they've created a great engine there but they had three unbelievable seasons there from Kante, Mares, and Vardy and to, to snip up Kante there who goes on and wins back-to-back titles doesn't he because he has this season at Leicester just one season then he goes to Chelsea and wins another title um, so I'm picking Kante for that impact for four or five years you could argue probably not now because his, his role's changed and he's slightly moving um, getting on. But for four or five years was that that new age of central defensive midfielder who was absolutely everywhere and he was the best in the world by a distance at it. Mm. By a distance. Um and going for what what was the transfer fee? Six eight seven, six eight million. That's a snip, absolute snip. But the 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 big names don't stop there. I'm gonna name a couple of others before Andrew gives one that could equally be the pick for this summer. Um a couple of ballers, Payet, Dimitri Payet down to West Ham. I mean, if you've seen a better free kick, I want to see it because I'm not sure one exists. That's, you know, the famous one. Um, but what an absolute baller. What a phenomenal footballer. And also Bobby Firmino, um, who goes to Liverpool and, and comes sort of completes that trail. I think Salah arrives the season after. But he is part of that triumph who then carry Liverpool to all that success as the pinnacle of that front three with, with Salah and Mane, clearly. So you've got Firmino going on and having a massive impact in the Premier League. But there's another player who moves across uh, North London and unfortunately not to Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, you did quite a good pitch there for Kante. I mean, as Alan Sugar says, you're hired. <laughs> that was a, I, I do think I'm leaning towards Kante now. However, because just because of the, yeah, I mean, back-to-back titles from a club in, club in France that no one really knew about him. Um, and to come over and do that is is insane. And he's I know he, you know he's he hasn't got the legs I don't think as he used to have, but he's still still a decent player now. And we're talking six years on. So, um, but Son from Leverkusen to Spurs for twenty seven million pounds. I mean, he has what would he go for now? And this is six years later. You know, yeah. so that's um what what a move. Uh, I think it's out of Son and Kante. Even I don't know the, the, the like you mentioned at the beginning, the De Bruyne and Sterling ones are. It's almost like well, the thing a is, given, really. It's funny that Raheem Sterling moves for 50 plus million, 57 million, like you said. He's moved for about another 50 million this summer. And you're talking about a guy who racks up so many goals over the last five or six years. And yet we're looking at this this list and he doesn't make our top three or four for this summer. That's how great the, the transfer business was. You have a, a, a snip and an unknown snip who goes on and wins two back-to-back titles from nowhere and becomes the best central midfield defensive central midfield in the world for Incante. To the other end of the spectrum, you have 
this bona fide baller in Kevin De Bruyne arriving and just sort of probably setting the bar in terms of just excellence of football for the next five, six years. And then you kind of have Son that's kind of in the middle of those two, like, a you know, not a snip at 25, 26 million, but equally still fairly under the radar, you know, Hung mm-hmm. Son arriving and just basically becoming a bit of a monster and becoming a phenomenal asset. Um, let's be honest, carried Spurs the last two or three years with, with himself and Harry Kane clearly as this attacking force that can just destroy any team really on their day and a brilliant footballer. So, and, and you've got you've got to make reference to the fact that, you know, how many, uh, you know, successful stories do we have from uh, Southeast Asia or Asian countries in, in the Premier League in mm. terms of to that level? Probably he's the best, you know, the, the greatest one. export from that continent. And so, you know, that's got to carry weight as well in terms of just the impact. Because again, yeah. best transfer season, you, you've also got to talk about impact, the impact he's had on the Premier League. Yeah, and I, and I think what also adds weight to the Son argument is the fact that he's, th- he's 30 years of age now. I mean, we're, we're six seasons on from that signing and he would go for probably three or four times the fee he went for from Leverkusen, you know, that that just goes to show... He's what, arguably what top five players in the Premier League right now. Yeah, so that's he, how good I just, is. on transfer marks, his value is 67 million. He'd probably get a bit more for him than that, to be honest. But he scored over 100 goals for Spurs in that time. I mean, it's hard to look past Son when you look at the numbers. However, Kante's impact on that Leicester side and then it, to go and do it at Chelsea as well. It's, I mean, oh, it's a hard one. I'm also struggling to, I can't believe we're saying it's not Kevin De Bruyne as well. I'm going around the houses. I am landing on um, N'Golo Kante just because I think that, again, you know, to do what he did um, when he was frankly picked up from Leicester for a snip, uh, for me, it has to be him. However, we are, we're therefore ruling out one of the best midfielders the Premier League's ever seen in Kevin mm. De Bruyne. And we, we're ruling out the greatest ever export for, from Adrian in Hummingson. In, in, in mm. and, and, and we're not even considering players like Raheem Sterling, Bobby Firmino, Dimitri Payet, a phenomenal summer. Yeah, what's, I mean, we haven't mentioned um, Anthony Martial, who, what a, what a reputation he came over with yet for £54 million. That looks like a, a big waste of money now, doesn't it? It's just not happened for him at all, really. But um, I think amidst that, you know, that huge crowd of players for 2015 summer, Martial, unfortunately, yeah doesn't really uh, stand up to the plate when you've got all of these top, top moves that happen. Um, yeah. But yeah. The De Bruyne one that, yeah, I mean, people will probably be, you know, say it's a no-brainer, but I think we've put some good arguments forward there. for, uh, for we, we have to, and, and you know, I think nothing's going to take away from our, our, Kevin De Bruyne is my favourite player in the Premier League. I think he's probably the best player in the Premier League. He's the best footballer. You know, and that's that's saying something because you've got people like Mo Salah in the league. But I feel like Kevin De Bruyne is the best footballer in the Premier League, and arguably the Premier League is the best in the biggest league in the world. And I think he's the best. But this this again, our picks from the transfers have got to be ticking a few boxes. It's got to be value for money. It's got to be a coup that no one really knew about. It's got to be impact they had on the league, impact they had on their team, and for all of those different boxes, you know, you're going to struggle to look past Kante. As good as Kevin De Bruyne was, he arrives in 2015. Man City don't win the league for what three, four years. Mm. So because they had that, they had that gap, didn't they? Because they don't win it in 2015, 16. They don't win it in 16, 17. Because Chelsea win it again. And I think it's only the season after that that they go and get it done. Now, mm. don't get me wrong, they've dominated since. But in terms of immediate impact, we don't count. So sum up, 2010, we had to land on uh, David Silva. 
uh, or Yaya Torre, but I think we lent towards David Silva. Mm. 2011, some nice names in terms of people like uh, De Gea and whatnot and uh, Mata, but it, it, you can't look past Sergio Aguero. What an unbelievable year. Henderson's runner-up. Yeah. 2012, that was another nail-biter. Hazard of Van Persen, and we went for Hazard. 2013, Fernandinho has to be the nip. 2014 is the toss-up. Toss a coin. Mane, Fabregas, Costa, some big names. Alexis, yeah. Maguire, Robbo. I like your Mane shout for the same reasons in terms of unknown entity coming into the Premier League. It's a bit like the Son one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm happy to settle with that. And 2015, I'm going to lean on Kante, even though I would happily understand a Kevin De Bruyne or a Minson pick. Yeah, yeah, we've 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 really had a, a a pod there of tussles, haven't we? And probably four of those, I would say. Are, yeah, you wouldn't argue basically if someone said the other player. I'd have no issue with someone saying Ken De Bruyne is easily the best signing that summer. Mm-hmm. I'd have no issue with someone saying the summer before. Oh, it's absolutely, you know, Cesc or it's absolutely Alexis because of what they do. No issues. There's there's some huge transfers here. And I think it's testament to what you're saying earlier about the Premier League that arrives in a big way. And every summer there's five, six, seven bona fide huge signings. Mm. Um, what we're going to do next, we're going to be looking at 2016 all the way through to 2021. Um, again, I'm sure the, the big names will continue to roll in. And then we're going to do a preview pod for the new season, looking at the summer transfer activity. And Andrew and I, we're going to, I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing this at him, but I think it'll be a good idea. Let's do our, and it'll be horrifically wrong, number one to number 20. We'll do our league predictions before the season starts of where we think everyone's going to finish. I thought you were we'll going to say do our do our Nevin Cara, like, you know, who's going to be the, who's going to be the breakthrough talent? Who's going to do that be... as well. Let's do that as well. Yeah, let's do a bit yeah. of that. Let's do a breakthrough talent, best player, top scorer, that kind of thing, and then a, a, a quick run through league positions. And we can post that online as well and get people to throw, throw rock six. I'm sure they will. Um, thank you for listening at HTO Football on all your socials, all your podcast platforms. There's a huge back catalogue there with lots of exciting guests and celebrities alike. So please go and listen and we will speak to you soon.